Welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine, whether you're across town or across the globe. I'm your host, Karen Tate, and it is my pleasure to be with you again this week. Uh, We are in our 10th year here at uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine, and I thank those of you who have been with me for this this very long journey. Uh, I know you're busy, and I know that you have lots of other things you could do, uh, so I really do appreciate your listener loyalty. And uh, tonight I think I have another great show for you. Uh, and it uh, it's in alignment with our um, opening snippet of music there by Alea Deo, Awaken. It's time to awaken. Because I really do think we need to. You know, we have to um, really challenge ourselves uh, to look in the mirror, to look at things that, um, you know, are not easy to look at necessarily. You know, maybe some things that challenge us. And uh, tonight uh, my guest is Kate. Montana, and uh, our topic is Ego, Evolution, and Making Sense of Our Times. And uh, you, so you might say, okay, well, what, what are you going to be talking about? Well, uh, we're going to be talking about um, why peace and happiness seems to elude us, why people are so divided, why is the political scene so ugly. Uh, it's happening because as individuals, as an entire species, we've forgotten who we really are. We've confused self with ego the mental program, like a computer code, that gives us the illusion of individuality and utterly false reality, similar to what's presented in the movie The Matrix. Uh, So author Kate Montana, uh, she is going to reveal what the ego is, how it's born, how it thinks, and how the ego can be managed and expanded into alignment with the powerful I am presence that is the true generator of peace, happiness, and unification within. And are we not living in the perfect climate to be looking at ego run amok? I think you get what I'm talking about. So uh, we are going to just jump right in here, and I will introduce you to Kate um, by way of her bio. Uh, Kate Montana is uh, a dauntless explorer of inner and outer worlds. She's the author of The E-Word, Ego, Enlightenment, and Other Essentials, and also Unearthing Venus, My Search for the Woman Within. She's the former editor of the Bleeping Herald newsletter uh, for the hit independent movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? Uh, Kate has a master's degree in psychology and writes and teaches about the ego, transpersonal and transcendent consciousness, and quantum physics. She writes for the UK magazine, What Doctors Don't Tell You. That's probably another show we should do. And also (laughs) for the blogs, (laughs) uh, and also for the blog uh, for the Huffington Post. Uh, And she lives in the Pacific Northwest. And we were just talking about the abundant rain they've been getting up there and how the Pacific Northwest is the United States' Emerald Isle, as they like to call Ireland. So anyway, uh, Kate, welcome, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. It's wonderful to be on the show, Karen. Thank you so much. Yes, it's the soggy, soggy aisle at this point. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, as I was telling you before we went uh, live on the air, I really wanted to invite you on the show because I don't think we can talk enough about how we can help each other uh, find peace, find happiness, especially right now. Um, You know, I've found that so many of my friends are just in a funk. You know, they're in a rut, they're depressed, and uh, and a lot of them are trying to motivate themselves. You know, they're they're getting into the resistance movement. And, you know, because they realize if you know uh, if they're active, uh, you know that also, that makes them feel better. But um, you know, I think there's a lot more to it, and um, I would love to hear what uh, what you have to say about it. Um, you know, as as I was saying to you, I gave a talk on inspiring happiness at the uh, Goddess mm-hmm. Temple of Orange County a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, happiness really is a choice, isn't it? I mean, it's it's almost an exercise that we um, have to put ourselves through with it, when times are challenging. Would you agree? Yes, happiness is a choice, and, you know, and that really kind of puts the onus on us to, of course, get our head on straight and, and think positive thoughts and, and to be happy, and sometimes it's very difficult to to accomplish that, and I think one of the things that we deal with as spiritual people um, is is kind of difficult is, oh my God, if I'm not happy and if I'm not thinking positively and if I'm not manifesting and doing all these things, then there must be something terribly wrong with me. Um, right. Sometimes, I, I sometimes, quite frankly, I really think that happiness is, is overrated um, <laughs> because it's so fleeting and it's usually, you know, based on external things. And when things go awry as, as, you know, to a lot of people's minds nowadays, it with the political climate the way it is, and with the gentleman who happens to be seated in the on the throne in the White House currently. You're so kind. Um, you you know, called him a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was being a little bit sarcastic and tongue in cheek. Okay. Yeah. You know, wow. It's it's it, as you said. It's been a really hard time for a, a lot of us across the yeah. nation and across the world. I mean, we've been going like a thousand miles an hour down the evolutionary path thinking, oh my God, you know, we're finally raising consciousness. We're reaching out and holding hands. We're working with our brothers and sisters and it doesn't matter, matter, you know, color or ethnicity or religion or sexual persuasion. We're finally beyond these small, petty, divisive um ideas about people and and banding together and we're evolving and really getting ahead and it's like and we're we're saving the earth and all of that and all of a sudden oh my god it's it's like we've been <laughs> in fifth, well, it's been like we've been in fifth gear and then all of a sudden rammed into reverse and that's, well, but, that, you know, that's I, ugly so yeah no wonder well, yeah it is well, yeah, you know, it is does kind of give you whiplash. Um, but but I'm also thinking, too, all of those things you said are still true. You know, um, I, I, I kind of think, you know, maybe I'm too much of an optimist, um, but I kind of think humanity is evolving, is maturing. You know, I kind of think there are more of us that uh, want to raise our vibrational level, you know, want to, uh, you know, raise our awareness, be mindful, be nurturing, be inclusive, maybe than ever before. And, you know, maybe it's just the ugly stuff that gets focused on more. 
Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I'd I, I like to think that anyway, you know, um, be, it, because it seems like with the Internet, uh, I mean, it's just bursting with, uh, you know, with activism and, you know, people mm-hmm. coming together and, you know, people standing up for one another. And I don't know, I, I think I, I think humanity has improved in spite of the Oh, I hate to use the word Neanderthals because that's almost an insult to Neanderthals. But you know, to the people who were, you know, who were backward or afraid, um, because I know it's fear that's really at the heart of this uh, of, of this ugly, or I think it is. But but I want your take on all of this, you know. Um, so let's, uh, you know, uh, you know, your your thing is uh, is the ego. You know, you say there are three fundamental causes of all humanities in individual and collective problems. So why don't we jump in there? Well, you're so right about about the fear being the the operant word there. You know, not so much that you know we can use words like unevolved, but the ego fundamentally, you know, the ego gets a bad rap. And you know, in spiritual circles we think we're supposed to destroy it or dissolve it um, or at least manage it and get rid of it so that we can be enlightened and we don't really understand that the the the, the ego is simply our sense of personal self mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that provides this tremendous structure it, it enables me to have this conversation with you and know that I'm Kate Montana and you're Karen Tate and you know and 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 there's the listeners and they're not me I mean we wouldn't be able to have the engagement on planet earth if we didn't have the sense of boundary limitation that the physical body gives us and that the well you know bottom line the body and its physical senses tells us 24-7 from birth onwards that we are, I mean, it, it gives us two messages. I am physical, and then it tells me I am separate. And, you know, this is the, this is the water we swim in. And, you know, it's the old saw about how do you explain water to a fish. And, you know, most people go, well, yes, of course I know that my, my physical senses give me the sense of being physical. That's a real duh. But... What I've learned, Karen, in my own 35 years of spiritual searching and investigation has been that we really don't get how the physical sense of separation and, you know, my, my eyes tell me that I've got a skin boundary, my, you know, I, I can run my hand down my arm and it's like, well, there's a, there's a limit, you know, there's a skin boundary and then there's the air and then there's, there's you over there and me over here and, and it's, this indelible message but what it tells us is that we are physical yes therefore we are vulnerable and we are separate and that sets up another fear-based situation where where we automatically get thrown into this competitive arena um, called survival and you know we we know from a very early age that physically we can be wounded, we can be hurt, we understand we can be hurt emotionally and physically by the other, and so so much of the dance of our lives, you know this water we swim in, if we could care in a God, if we could get a handle on this message of separation and realize how it drives us and how fearful it makes us of the other person 
quite naturally from a very early age, and then society keeps that you know competitive thing at work, and and women compete for this, and men compete for that, and and it's all about he who dies with the most toys wins, you know, and and this is an ego structure that is so grounded in fear because it's grounded in this physical sense of separation that's completely a thousand percent unconscious. So that's and what we dealing with. It, well, and in, then you in, throw in stuff like left and right politics or all of our different religions, and then that just polarizes us and separates us even more. Oh, absolutely, because the way the physical world works it's it's a dual world it's based in positive and negative yin and yang and uh, i mean jim whiz less than a microsecond after the big bang occurred the first thing that actually was created was um electrons and positrons the negative and positive electromagnetic forces so right from the very instant of creation we have opposition <laughs> which of course the Easterners, you know, re- refer to as the complementarity, because all really is one. But the but the whole appearance of the illusion of the physical expression, our lives, our bodies, this world, this un- these universes, comes out of that 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 duality. So wow, right. what an amazing dance to evolve through to finally wake up and grow up to the point where we can start to see these things, see these truths, you know, not as, yeah. as esoteric spiritual truths, you know, like Jesus talking about, well, yeah, my father and I are one, and and it's just like, and that's just like, huh? What does he mean by that? Because how, how can we who are divided naturally in our perception from birth onwards, this water, this ocean we swim in of separation and physicality, how can we possibly ever wrap our brains, our physical brains, and ideas and minds around union when separation and division is the bathwater. So, wow, yeah. that's, that's the journey, Karen, right there. Well, and, you know, and, and I'm thinking, too, you know, just sort of piggybacking on on what you're saying. You know, in Goddess Spirituality, we talk about, we're, you know, our interconnection, uh, we, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, we're the, um, you know, the microcosm of the macrocosm, but that, yeah. those things end up feeling more like metaphor than something mm-hmm. we can really hold on to, something that that can help us, um, you know, help us muddle through, uh, if if mm-hmm. if you will, you know. Um, Absolutely. So I mean, so, um, even words like. Even words like spirit, I mean, we go to church or we go to synagogue or, or a mosque and, and we, you know, words like spirit and soul are, we nod our heads and, and go, well, yes, of course, I am a spirit on a journey. I am a soul on a journey. And we, we use these words as if we actually knew what we were talking about. And yet, I have to go back to this this bathwater, this ocean we swim in of separation and physicality. So just because we have the words and the language... And bless our hearts, probably most everybody listening to this conversation, you have been on a spiritual journey and have delved inward and have had those amazing experiences, moments of of oceanic oneness and a sense of connectivity that bridge us out of this separate place we find ourselves in as individual humans. But those moments are few and far between. And then we got that relentless 
24-7, you know, we receive, God, 11 million bits of sensory data every second of our lives telling yeah, us that we're Yeah, it's a lot to overcome. It's a lot to overcome, but that's yeah. the journey. <laughs> Okay. And, you know, and that's well, what we're really looking at in the in this current political situation. We're we're looking at factions that um, are are very revealing of humans' ego and and its evolutionary journey. And it's fascinating. I, I I agree with you. I think there's a vast silver lining in the situation we find ourselves in, and it, it's just it's bringing to light. So many different things that have been hidden, and as you say, people are getting involved and they're passionate and they're worked up and they're and they're getting out there and and it's like wow, it's amazing, it's wonderful. <laughs> well, yeah, because I you know I just had this sense that you know everybody was kind of sitting home on Facebook, hitting the likes, you know, uh, or staring into their phone, uh, and and you know, no offense to my listeners out there who were Hillary fans, you know, um, I think if Hillary had gotten elected, yeah, we wouldn't be suffering through Trump, but it would have been business as usual, and business as usual was not good for an awful lot of people, um, you know. There, I, I think I, I think it it really needs Needed, a, a lot more people needed to become uncomfortable uh, for, for some real change to happen instead of the steady decline that I think we've been on. And, you know, that's just sort of my, my take on it, you know, but I, I believe that from uh, the bottom of my heart. I think, you know, maybe five years from now we may look back on uh, this challenging time as, as a true turning point and gift. I mean, look at the Women's March in January. You know, they're about ready to do a science March uh, on Earth Day, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I have been waiting for people to to march in the street and show up and, you know, and show that they are, you know, active and human and they're not doormats and they're awake. I've been waiting for 10 years. And, yeah. you know, finally, <laughs> you know, finally, finally it's yeah. happening. Well, so you so say, um, go, go, go ahead. ahead. No, well, no, you. Gonna, it's just so... It's, it's, sorry, no, no, you. Um, it, it's so fascinating because I think that what we're seeing is actually the beginning of the end of representative government. Because instead of empowering somebody else and thinking, oh, Donald Trump is going to save us, or oh, Hillary or Bernie is going to save us, you know, we're finally flat out being mandated to get out, get off our rumps, and and to get involved and to stand up for and represent ourselves. And right. our evolving values, and that's where right. it's at. Yeah, I I I, I uh, totally agree. I mean, you know, that was one of the things that Bernie kept saying through his whole thing. It's not about me; it's about you. Yeah. And here in California yeah. this year, uh, we sixty uh, percent uh, of our delegates are progressive now, because people mm-hmm. heeded his words and got up, like you said, got off their rump and went out, and and did it. You know, they're you know, I think we're learning to become citizens again. Um, you mm-hmm. know, because we we just I mean I I don't even know if kids get civics classes anymore. You know, uh, I I feel like they're dumbing us dumbing us down so much. You know, yeah. you know, trying to trying to raise this sort of slave race. 
Um, but I don't know. I I I, I think uh, I, I think we're going to fight back, and I think it's going to, you know, we're going to create that new normal, and um, and we're going to need our ego to do that because, like you said, you know, nobody can stand up in the in front of a room of people, and 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 especially put forth new ideas if they don't have a healthy ego. You know, so the ego mm-hmm. isn't the enemy; it just has to be mm-hmm. an ego imbalanced, right? I mean, is it a Simple as that? It really is. You know, the ego is with us until, you know, I used to say it's with us until we die of natural causes or we die by enlightenment. Um, I'm not so sure anymore about the death of the ego at the end of uh, an incarnation when the body passes. There's so much about thought and energy and the ongoingness of energy and the ripple effect of what we lay into the quantum field with our thoughts so that our you know our personality and our thoughts and our beliefs about ourselves so i'm really not too sure if the ego even dies at at physical death i do know that's interesting the ego um (laughs) yeah it really i'm i'm chewing on this big time karen uh, and the jury is way still out i do know and have been graced to know that when enlightenment occurs, that's it. That mm-hmm. is the death of any sense of personal perspective and personal self. And you know, and I'm always amused now to hear so many people say, "Oh yes, death of the ego. That's what I want. That's what I want." And what I've what I've realized, oh God, I've been, I, I really should kind of backtrack and give you a little bit of context here. I okay. was on the spiritual path for a very long time, and I was obsessed with enlightenment, and I was going to become enlightened and all that. And so I meditated probably easily 20,000 hours. I mean, I lived my life around the meditation mat for 17 years. And I finally hit a wall <laughs> in 1997, and I just finally just couldn't. I was meditating sometimes 16 hours a day, and I just wow. couldn't. I just couldn't do it anymore. I remember waking up, going downstairs, looking at my meditation mat at 4 a.m. one morning and going, screw it, I can't do this anymore. I couldn't push, strive, shove, struggle for enlightenment and to get somewhere anymore. And what happened is I just flopped down on my meditation mat and closed my eyes and I didn't do squat. I just closed my eyes and gave up. (laughs) Well, of course, that's when it happened. And when I opened my eyes and I, Kate Montana, came back from this these hours of of blissful union, there was like, oh my God, I get it. <laughs> but then I spent another 17 years trying to recapture that, and and again went back to the struggling and the striving. Me, Kate, separate mind ego identity trying to lose myself and i you know and i've i've watched a lot i'm i'm sure you're really familiar with this whole paradox is we try as spiritual people so hard to advance and evolve and perhaps become enlightened and when i i finally recognized after 17 years of ping-ponging between a state of total ego, hi, I'm Kate Montana, and I'm a woman, and I'm a writer, and I'm a resident of Washington State, blah, 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 that's my story. I ping-ponged for 17 years between that, and sometimes days on end when my ego would fall away, and I was just left in transcendent consciousness, egoless oneness. 
And but then I would then Kate Montana the 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 mindset would reawaken and so I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and it drove me nuts and I was like oh my god and I realized the impossibility of a human being ever becoming enlightened and so I was like well shoot I'm left either with my usual normal unhappy insecure, kind of frightened human self with all my issues and my money problems and my insecurities and blah, blah, blah. And then this egoless freedom, oh my God, the liberation. But there's no one home to enjoy the liberation. I think what you're saying, it's almost as if the two can exist simultaneously. Exactly. They are mutually exclusive territory. The ego and enlightenment are mutually exclusive. So I was like, so here was my conundrum, and this is why I ended up writing the E-word, is because I wanted out of my human existence and all the pain and suffering that my humanity and my, my I'm physical, I am separate, and therefore frightened, alone, individual, isolation, all of the stuff that, that came from that, I yearned for liberation. But the joke was is I could not be liberated because in the moment of liberation there was no I left. So it pissed me off. I, to be perfectly blunt, uh, I was just like, oh, my God, what, what, what are we to do? And I finally, at that point, hearkened back to my um, college days when I was working on my master's degree in psychology. And it wasn't until I was writing the book, 17 years after the, these transcendent, egoless periods of time, sometimes days at a stretch, what happened, it took 17 years until I realized, oh my God, there is a middle ground. We really can be liberated. We really can be happy. We really can be joyful and and free of our fears based in this physical programming we've got of separation, this lie, this illusion of separation we've got going. If we learn to, instead of trying to think we should destroy the ego or dissolve it somehow, which is impossible, rather expand it, educate it, Expand the mind into more inclusive territory and begin to train the mind to see beyond the illusion of, well, yeah, I, I, Kate Montana, stop at my flesh boundary and I'm over here and you're over there and never the twain shall meet. That's what the senses tell us. But so it's almost as if we have to mature our ego. You know, it has to Absolutely. grow up in a sense. Yep. It's like it's been it's been running amok as a spoiled child. Yes. Oh, you couldn't have said it better. And that's, well, and, and that's, you know, you know you, that's Donald Trump, right there. It's it's well, the and, limited. Yeah, it is. So that thinks it's it. Yeah. And has well, to have and, its way, and that measures uh, itself in terms of material. Wealth and fame and, and power. being some yeah. power, yeah, power, exactly. whatever. Based well, in fear. It, it, well, you know, this <laughs> seems like a par- a parallel idea to what you're saying. And 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 look, and I never I never get upset if my guests correct me because I'm no uh, expert on Buddhism. Um, but but I am I. under the Im- uh, well, you know, I'm under the impression that I think it's Buddhism that talk, tells us about destroying the ego, that we can't have mm-hmm. an ego. But you see, mm-hmm. to me, when I when I hear that, that feels like another patriarch, patriarchal um, fuck-up, excuse me, mm-hmm. because 
if if we don't it, it, okay let, let me let me try to uh, language this okay um it sets us up to be dominated if we don't have a healthy enough ego to stand up for ourselves, to have integrity, to have spiritual courage, to be able to speak out when, you know, our boundaries are violated. So I am always suspicious when a religion or a spirituality or anybody says, do away with your ego, because then I think you're left like the Borg, you know, um, everybody's just all plug, plugged in to the queen, uh, and they're just her servants kind of a thing. And maybe, I, I don't know, I guess it, it might just, you know, if any of my listeners want to write me and tell me that I just don't get it, that's okay. But I guess I'm just suspicious and skeptical because I, I, I guess I have such a distrust of patriarchal religions because they want to take your power away. They want to be able to control you. I mean, that's the whole point of religion anyway to tell you how to live your life um so i don't know any thoughts on that well i don't think that most religion starts out well maybe it does start out with that intent um it, but it certainly ends up as a as a controlling factor um absolutely and and a power structure and a hierarchy etc i i really do quite frankly I, I truly understand that when when the Buddha awakened and he and when the Buddha awakened and he just laughed and he went realized that everyone else is awakened as well. Oh, oh boy, you know, it, that's a whole different kettle of fish than saying that we've got to destroy the ego. I I think quite frankly Buddha would recognize the impossibility of that because if I Kate Montana ego am trying. Am, assiduously doing all these methodologies and trying to erase myself. All I'm doing <laughs> is actually solidifying my own structure as Kate Montana, busy trying to dissolve Kate Montana. It, it's yeah. like Kate Montana trying to become enlightened is Kate Montana striving to become enlightened, which solidifies Kate Montana and continues the striving. Which continues to like catch twenty two. It's kind of like it's a, a catch total catch twenty two. It's a it's yeah. not a like it's a total catch twenty two. So yeah. what we need to do is is take the eye off of the enlightenment goal. You know, and we're so goal driven in our by our egos because we want to feel good, we want to attain, we want to uh, arrive somewhere where all of the answers are given. <sighs> And that's very natural. And I have to come back to my old look at the water we're swimming in. I believe I am physical. I believe I am separate. Therefore, I am insecure in my very root of my being. Unconscious, possibly, but that's the situation. So that's, that's what drives, a, for example, a Donald Trump in a less evolved ego situation. His ego structure is, such, is so fragile because he believes... He is it, and that there's no connection between him and the rest of the world and him and anybody else. So it's all me and other, self and other, mm -hmm. and there's always this opposition. And so this, this root core-based fear-driven insecurity is what forces egos like him into this, well, my way or the highway, or up yours, dude, or you know, we're going to build right. a wall against them Mexicans and you know, wars and weapons. And, and fame and glory and power, it's all to shore up that basic 
frankly, ultimately an illusion that we are who we think we are when we're so much more than what we think we are. So, okay, well, wow. uh, wait, uh, we're going we're gonna to take a little break um, and uh, <laughs> take a break for a second here. And I want to come back and have you tell us how we can uh, uh, how we can evolve our ego from the spoiled child to the more mature ego that uh, that serves us uh, so we can, I, I don't know, get beyond this this other. Um, so, uh, you know, be thinking about that, and uh, while you are, I'm going to let uh, listeners uh, hear from uh, Laura Perry. Uh, she's a wonderful guest who's uh, been here on my show, and she's an expert on um, the Minoans, and uh, got a little word from her here. So I'll be back in just a sec. The Minoans of ancient Crete, an egalitarian society where women were honored, where the sacred feminine was revered, where peace and prosperity reigned for centuries. Hi, I'm Laura Perry, and I'd love to help bring the ancient Minoans to life for you. Explore Minoan spirituality with my books, Labyrinth and Horns, and Ariadne's Thread. Embrace your creative side with the Minoan Coloring Book and discover the wonders of divination with the Minoan Tarot. You'll find all these at Amazon and other good online and local bookstores. Find out more on my website, lauraperryauthor.com. Well, I have uh, Kate Montana uh, with me this evening, and uh, our topic is ego evolution and making sense of our times. And uh, right before that uh, quick little break, um, I uh, was talking to Kate uh, about coming back this segment and um, telling us how we can get a handle on the ego, how we can, um, you know, help it mature and grow up so it's not the, the spoiled child, but instead maybe it serves us and thereby, uh, if enough of us can figure this out, uh, you know, maybe thereby serve humanity. Kate? That's, yeah. You know, I, I have to hearken back to the, the title of this whole conversation, you know, Ego Evolution and Making Sense of Our Times. I think one of the silver linings about what we're looking at in our current political situation is that it is forcing these conversations to the foreground. We're we're looking at the ego and its and what does not work and what does not facilitate peace. And we've also been given the flip side where we're headed the evolution of the ego in, for example, Bernie Sanders. You know, if Donald Trump is the picture of exclusivity and separation and fear base, Bernie Sanders is the epitome of inclusivity. <laughs> yeah, connection. I, I love that man. <laughs> I, I, I love he's, that he's man. A, so he's a god to me. <laughs> I know that might be brilliant. taken a little far, but yeah, he's he's. Uh, it feels so good to have someone to look to, doesn't it? That there's actually somebody on the, uh, you know, on the on the stage, so to speak, you know, in the in the light that that sets a good example. I mean, we've been starved for it for so long. 
well, you know, more than a good example, he sets a, a vibrant, exciting example of who we can become. I mean, mm-hmm. to, you know, if we juxtapose a Donald Trump who takes, you know, everything for uh, his own and, you know, takes credit for God knows everything. And then, you know, a reporter says to Bernie about, well, you certainly led that, you know, change in that charge in that legislation and you won. And, you know, and, and between Donald Trump taking credit for everything and Bernie saying, no, I didn't win. We won it. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, the, the graciousness and the, the mirror of our true condition as interconnected beings on this, on this earth. Wow. What a talisman, you know, to, 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 to aspire to. And so that's why I'm so excited about where we're at right now and making sense of our times is we are at a place, Karen, where we can no longer afford to be ignorant about our nature, neither our human nature, which de- it develops as the sense of personal, individual, uh, limited self called Kate and Karen and George and Harry and all of that, we we have to enlarge our understanding about our spiritual nature that put all of this into play and what we're dealing with that is problematic, which is our ignorance about the structure of the ego and how it's formed and how it's completely grounded in the physical and the lie that our senses give us 24-7, 11 million bits a second, that we are separate from one another. So the trick now is to get educated. I mean, you, you, you asked it before the break, how do we evolve the ego? Well, first thing, we've got to be thrown into a scenario where we begin to question what the hell the ego even is. And we and and then we're given such an opportunity with the juxtaposition of a Donald Trump and say a Bernie Sanders that we can go, oh my God, these are two human beings with two functioning egos. How could they possibly be so different? And what does this mean? And how do we get from one to the other? <laughs> Which that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question: is to be able to start to bridge our minds. And train our minds to see the world as it really is. Now, of course, Jesus and and other mystics for thousands of years have been telling us how it really is. That we really are brothers and sisters. That we really are spirit. That we are God. That we are divine. When we're back to just words, you know, with with our limited human separate you know, physical expression trying to get a handle on these things. Well, and then lo and behold, a hundred years ago, quantum physics, you know, rears its head. And now we've got scientific proof that what the mystics have been saying for thousands of years is like absolutely true. You know, my skin boundary, I look at my hand and there's actually no difference between my hand and the air around it. There's no physical boundary because there's nothing physical about my hand, my body, right. or anything else in this world. It's all yeah, interpenetrating it's just, dance of of And it's illusion. Of you know, we're... we're it's, it's, Exactly. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, our, 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 the, you know, what we see as the physical, you know, and I'm probably not using the right terminology, but it, it is really all an illusion, you know, kind of like on the Matrix, you know, at, at when, when, um, 
uh, the guy, uh, and I can't think of his Neo. name, who, 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 who Neo. Neo. When Neo finally, Neo finally got it, I think, when mm-hmm. you saw through his eyes and everything around him, you know, where it turned green and everything was like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, X's and O's or whatever it was, you know, he saw that that was sort of just a, you know, a palette of energy out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I've often thought to myself, you know, I wish our eyes could evolve to the point where we could really see our auras. I mean, I know some people can, but most of us can't. If we could see our auras and we could, and we could see, like, even when we speak to one another, you know, the energy that's sent back and forth. And, you know, it, it just, uh, our eyes fail us, I think, you know, and our senses fail us. Um, and, 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 but if there were a way... Uh, uh, that somehow you, the, uh, us as a species could actually start seeing that interconnection. Boy, would a uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking that would make such an incredible difference. That's exactly it, right there, Karen. You put your you hit the nail on the head. So the first thing we've got to do to make the change and evolve the ego is to see the situation and begin to ask the question, "What is the ego?" We have to ask the question, "Who am I?" And stop taking for granted that we think we know the answers. And then we have to start embracing, become educated about such things as quantum physics. You know, we don't have to become quantum physicists, but we can read books, you know, for the lay audience that gives us the information and gives the ego the satisfaction of knowledge. The ego Mm -hmm. loves complexity. The more the ego thinks it knows, the more it feels safe, the better it feels Mm. about itself. So that's one step, is to start familiarizing ourselves with the actual, by God, truth, is that nothing really is physical. Now, yeah. it's, it's interesting that you use the, the word illusion, because that's something that I've, I've watched and a lot of spiritual people stumble over, uh, and I myself stumbled over this, this concept of all of this is just an illusion, okay? Mm-hmm. And I embraced that philosophy for a long time oh well oh hell it doesn't matter you know yeah the the earth can go to hell and the environment can be destroyed but oh well it's just all an illusion and for myself i i it became a it became an excuse not to become involved in the world and this idea that everything is just an illusion but you know by god karen if you were sitting here in the room and you punched me in the eye it would hurt And there would be physical consequences. So, you know, don't give me this crap about, oh, it's all an illusion. What's an illusion is that I'm actually physical. What's an illusion is that I'm separate from you. That is that's what, well, that's my point, you know, the, the illusion yes. that we're separate from one another, that, you know, it, it's an illusion that there is no interconnection. Um, that yes. that was really um, what I meant when I said it's an illusion, you know. I, I, I'm sure you are, but I wanted to clarify that for the audience because I know sure, we get yeah. hung up in that. That's one of the things to bridge beyond is, and this is why it's so exciting that we're getting into these political arenas where we're just dusting it off and just going, you know, I am going to, I don't care. I'm going to stand up for my values, and it, which mm-hmm. is so brilliant. So understanding and getting involved, that's another step. So. What I write about in my book, and, and I can actually, I would love to share a couple of just little exercises that I share in the book. The next step is to realize, 
you know, after we've realized, you know, we've got a problem, um, it could, because if we have egos that are separate and lost in the illusion of separation and physicality running the show like a Donald Trump, you know, we've, re- we've reached the point of technology where we're dancing on the edge of, of, of annihilation. You know, we're, we're four-year-olds with nuclear bombs. So we've reached mm-hmm. the point where we have to change. So then the, then the rest of the journey is if now we get educated, we begin to understand the actual structure of the ego, that it actually is evolved over time. And I, I talk about a wonderful man, a psychologist by the name of Dr. Abraham Maslow, who back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s came up with the whole field of transpersonal psychology and what he called the hierarchy of needs. But Basically, it sounds sounds fancy, but it's simply an understanding of how the ego evolves through different stages, starting from a physical fear-based survival structure to then needing family and security and then needing self-esteem. We live in the world of self-esteem right now where we're all egos busy, you know, trying to gain fame and fortune and, and, you know, the the vacation home and the third foreign car in the garage to make us feel like we're somebody. That is a stage of ego evolution. So this is all part of our education. So the final step that I'm – I've discovered for myself that I think is really effective for people is to start training the mind. We've educated the mind, you know, quantum physics, we read about mysticism, we contemplate these deep questions. We then we start to have to ask the one question that matters, who am I? And really dive deep inside and begin to question that and realize, well, I'm not my name and I'm not my gender and I'm not my body, and I'm not my career, and start addressing, which is going to lead us into the spiritual realm of who we really are. So this questioning of who am I is the next step of eco-evolution. And, and then there are various things we can do. For example, there's, a, there's an exercise I use that I talk about in the book called that I call High Me. And you know, as you said, we're stuck with the, the senses. You know, they, they brutally um, mislead us. So how do we get to begin to see the truth? So one of the exercises I do is like when I'm in the grocery store or when I'm driving or especially when I'm out taking a walk, the goal is to expand my sense of perception out of the limitation of believing that I'm a limited standalone unit called Cape Montana and that I'm actually one with the rest of the world and connected with the rest of the world and other people. That's the goal. So when I'm out walking, I will see a beautiful tree or a flower. And, you know, the, the natural impulse is just to go, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. And, you know, I acknowledge the tree or the flower or, or the eagle flying overhead. We've got a lot of those in the Pacific Northwest. And it's like, oh, God, you're so beautiful. And then the next moment I remind myself, wow, that's not really, you know, a separate being. That is a being that is really part of my being. So I, in the next moment I acknowledge the connection by saying, oh, my God, I am so beautiful. I look at a sunset and it's just this glorious, you know, colors filling across the sky. And I go, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. (gasps) Oh, I am one with this. It is me. (gasps) I am so beautiful. Mm, That's lovely. And, you know, you can do it with a, with a, with a, 
a can of Campbell's soup in the grocery store. You know, I know it sounds kind of stupid, or, you know, but it's just like, oh, Campbell's soup, I love you. You're so beautiful. I don't have to cook tonight. Oh, yes, I am one with Campbell's soup. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, and, and, and as I'm hearing you describe it, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I'm, I'm visual, but I'm thinking, you know, as you're seeing that flower or you're seeing that tree and you're, and you're imagining that, you know, you are part of it, you know, I, I'm thinking, okay, our energy fields are connected or mingling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's a yeah. way that you can actually get a handle, get another visual on that. There is a um, a martial arts technique called soft eyes. And what it is is um, martial artists, doesn't matter, Aikido, Kung Fu, the teacher will train the student to not fix their uh, gaze on their opponent. Don't stare at your opponent. What they do is ask them to relax their vision and open up their field of view so that they're looking toward their opponent, but they're also aware of all of the periphery around them, as far around them as they can, and open up their field of view so that obviously if they're fixated on an opponent in front of them, then they, you know, then they screen out any other mm-hmm. opponents that could be coming up from the side or from the rear. But mm-hmm. this soft eyes, this soft eyes exercise you can do it with, you know, sitting at your desk looking at a coffee mug, for example. You can stare at the coffee mug, and what that does is it fixes the outline of the coffee mug and makes it even more concrete and separate. When you soften your gaze and look in the direction of the coffee cup and yet become aware of your all of everything in the periphery, you start opening up your energetic field and your visual field changes and become everything becomes softer and the world actually starts to come in hmm. and that is a that's a kinesthetic experience that you can you know give yourself that moves the mind and moves the brain moves the senses into an awareness of deeper connection rather than separation you know, so you know you're waiting for a conference call to come through and tapping your pen on the desk. Well, put the pen down and just go into soft eyes and look at the pen. Open up your visual field. Let the energy, let the world in. And as you soften your body and your eyes, and the pen becomes more a part of you, and the boundaries begin to blur. And then if, you know, if we go back to that other stage of we have to get educated about what the ego is, we have to get educated about the actual true structure of the world, which quantum physics tells us is all energy with no boundaries whatsoever. So mm-hmm. it's in those moments, you know, sitting at our desk, looking at our pen, softening our gaze, remind ourselves, ah, quantum physics, this is all just a dance of energy. And let the mind begin to play with the dance of energy that is interconnecting. So we can take these little pauses and breaks anywhere during the day. To And all of this is a beginning to groom the mind to become more in Bernie Sanders' territory. Interconnected. Right, right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense because you're 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 starting to um you know to to reprogram the mind to uh, sort of see the barriers fall. 
you know, um, yes. so that, you know, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Well, Kate, we have about five minutes left, and um, I, I want to leave it to you. Uh, what have we not talked about that you think is important about this subject that listeners should know? Oh, boy. <laughs> that we really, oh, my God. The importance, well, how important this is, uh, you know, I, I've been really, people kind of flinch away from the, the whole subject of the egos, like, oh, I don't, I don't really, really go there, um, because we're sensitive, because we're egos, and, and we, we always want to look good and feel good about ourselves, but unless we put ourselves into these uncomfortable positions of, of asking who am I, and beginning to stretch the boundaries of what we believe we are and who we believe we are, then we are just destined to repeat all of the the problems and the issues and the pain that we've put ourselves through because of our unconscious, I'm a human being swimming in the ocean of the illusion of physicality and separation. Oh my God, Karen, the pain, the suffering we endure because we refuse to open our minds to a less separated boundaried sense of self and if there's anything I could get across to people is that there there really is liberation as a human being we don't have to destroy our our egos we don't have to kill our minds we don't have to become thoughtless automatons to no liberation oh my god enlightenment is a naturally occurring event and it happens because stop and think about this instead of you know, fighting the ego and trying to eradicate it. What if I just loosen it up, just like going into soft eyes? If I loosen up my whole grip on who I think I am and I stop fighting and I allow more and more in and become more and more expansive and less and less boundaried and I begin to do exercises where I look at my hand and I erase my my whole form and I go into a formless dance of connection when I do that, I have finally, you know, we can expand the ego, Karen, to the place where it actually disappears of its own accord because it's grown so expansive and so unlimited and so unboundaried and unfettered that who even knows the moment when enlightenment comes? It's no longer I get it. And, and the whole point is when we start to be able to drop the boundaries of separateness of other that mm-hmm. is when we will achieve the peace and the happiness that um seems to elude so many of us absolutely and we'll stop striving for self improvement because i mean ultimately we're trying to improve an illusion <laughs> no wonder self improvement is so damn hard <laughs> so okay, it's, so it's about you... expanding it's expanding our understanding about what that self is <laughs> okay um, well, why don't you go ahead and give your book titles and your website again? And uh, you know, now's the time to mention if you. Uh, I think you said you're on a book tour. If you're going to be appearing anywhere, please uh, take a minute and um, share that with listeners. Thank you. Yeah, my book is called The E Word: Ego, Enlightenment, and Other Essentials. It can be found in bookstores, or you can order it, order it through Amazon. My website is www. Dot Kate Montana dot com. 
And I'm beginning to give workshops and classes. I'm forming those. So if you want to know more about that, um, you can go to my website. Uh, my next speaking engagement is April 30th at the New Living Expo in San Mateo, uh, southern San Francisco, California, April 30th. And okay. let me see, anything else? That's that's about it. <laughs> well, Kate, thank you so much. Uh, I've enjoyed talking to you tonight, and uh, I appreciate this uh, insightful information you uh, you know you bring my listeners. You know they're uh, they're uh, uh, intellectually curious bunch. I know, and uh, uh-huh. they will most definitely take uh, you know this this uh, this to heart. I'm sure. Thank you. I know. Thank you so much, Karen. You're welcome. Good night. Good night. And as we uh, get on to other business of the show, uh, we have a word here from Joe Carson. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth have a rock or a tree. And I came out of it. This is my mother planet. I grew out of this earth. As long as we conceive of divinity as above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, you've been listening to the trailer for Dancing with Gaia, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews uh, 15 visionaries and teachers about Earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of goddess as Gaia. Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see them yourself but haven't, this is a great opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. You can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20 at DancingWithGaia.com, DancingWithGaia.com. And I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, next week um, my guest uh, on Wednesday night will be Melissa Crow, and our topic is In Search of the Ancient Mother. Uh, that sounds uh, right up uh, most of... Uh, my listeners, Allie, I would assume. Uh, we're going to get into the description of goddess images and artifacts from uh, Neolithic to classical areas and why they're uh, significant to the questions uh, that we're seeking to answer. We'll uh, have a comparison of myths and what clues uh, they might hold and uh, possible uh, you know, interpretations of these myths. Um, so, you know, really interesting stuff, I think. So uh, please uh, try to be with me next Wednesday. Uh, but as always, you know, if you can't catch the show live, uh, please just uh, go to the archives. And uh, it, because these shows will be there uh, for quite some time, and uh, you can listen at your convenience. But also, um, if uh, you can see my show page from the device you are listening uh, from, or if you can go to the show page, please be sure you hit the follow button. 
Uh, that way you will get notice every week of um, the guest and the topic that we are going to be discussing. Uh, don't rely on uh, getting an email from me or a Facebook message uh, because I don't always have time to do that. But if you hit the follow button, uh, a reminder will show up in your uh, inbox. Okay. Well, that about does it uh, for me for tonight. I just want to remind you of uh, one of my favorite mottos, uh, what we nurture, it thrives, and what we neglect, it withers. Uh, so think about that, you know, for all phases of your life. Please make sure you're nurturing the things that are important and uh, giving less energy, less energy to the things that you want to have less of in your life. You know, it's a really important concept, especially in this uh, the times that we're living in right now. And I, I know myself, uh, there have been times when I haven't connected those dots uh, as I should. And, you know, I would focus so much on the things I didn't want you know, I didn't want explo- exploitation, domination. You know, I uh, didn't want, uh, you know, domestic violence. Instead of uh, focusing on the things that we really do want to create the new normal, you know, focus on the things you want to manifest. That's where you need to put your energy, not the things you want to fade into the background. Because if you focus on the things that you want to fade into the background, they're not going to fade into the background. All right. Uh, Well, that about uh, does it, uh, dear listeners. And um, I'm going to close the show with uh, a little music from Abigail Spinner McBride uh, called Arms of the Mother. So until next Wednesday, have a great week. Good night. Good job.